Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church parenting podcast where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today we have Bill and Rita Davis on with us. How are you guys doing? Hey. Hey there. Thank doing you. great. Well, I'm so glad to have you guys on. It's only taken about nine months, actually. So uh, we're very grateful to have you guys on. And so uh, tell us a little bit about your guys' selves, so that way those who are listening can get an idea of uh, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I, we've been married 38 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've lived here in Austin um, about that amount of time. Yeah. Um, we have three kiddos. We're semi-retired. Mm. And we just in love enjoy being with couples and, and doing marriage ministry. Well, I get to be the, the, the grandma now. I'm grandma of four, yeah. finally, and I'll brag about my kids. So we've got uh, my daughter, at, in, and she's married in McKinney. Okay. We've got our middle son. He's up in Leander with his uh, wife. And then our uh, youngest son is in San Antonio. Okay. The youngest has two little ones, a newborn and a two-year-old. Middle son has a three-year-old now, and our daughter has a one-year-old. So we've got four grandbabies all within, like, close to three years. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, this whole uh, empty nester thing and the whole grandma-grandparent thing, is, it's kind of cool. We're enjoying it. That's good. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. How long have you guys been a part, a part of Austin Oaks Church? Mm, well, Since 2008. Okay. We've yeah. been members. We dated the church for about three years before we <laughs> made the commitment. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then we, we, we uh, joined in 2008. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So. Very cool. And uh, what did you guys do for a living? I mean, you're semi-retired, but uh, you're, you're as busy of a, uh, a guy I know and <laughs> uh, with kids and, you know, life and stuff. But uh, just tell us about a little bit about what you guys do for work or have done for work. Well, we owned our own business for 21 years. Yeah. We worked together that whole time, and we survived. Yeah, yeah. For still the married. most part, we're still married, <laughs> yeah. no broken bones. Yeah, And uh, mm-hmm. we sold the business about six years ago, and so we wanted to focus on just being with our kiddos and our grandkids Yeah, in yeah. ministry. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, you guys are heavily involved in marriage ministry i mean that or at least marriage focus at least the time i've known you guys and mm-hmm. and you guys help lead re-engage at our church mm-hmm. and so tell us a little bit about what re-engage is um and and kind of the the values and purpose behind that and and kind of maybe even why you guys are a part of that yeah re-engage uh, has been pretty much answered a, a prayer for us we um, had a heart for marriage. We wanted to be a part of a marriage ministry in Austin Oaks. Um, didn't have anything formal for quite a while. We tried an ABF for a couple of years, and that worked a little bit. But then we were asked to do premarital counseling or premarital classes, mm-hmm. and that kind of got our foot in the door. But um, uh, our son, who is a pastor with Watermark out of Dallas, started telling us about this marriage program called Reengage and. We listened to him. We thought, you know what? He's he's only 30 years old. What could he really know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is a very legitimate yeah. <laughs> thought to have. So, yeah, sure. you know, it's a son-in-law. He's a kid. What is he? Well, then it wasn't shortly after that that Chad approached us and said, hey, there's this curriculum out of Watermark called Re-Engage. I'd like you to consider. So we knew it was the Lord's leading in that. And so we're real happy to, to have that um curriculum we've we've only done it once now we did we did a pilot program where we trained some leaders and then uh had a formal class um this year and uh 
So we've, we've really enjoyed it. It's, it's a sound, biblical picture of what God meant marriage to be. Yeah. It was really eye-opening for us. Even us married, you know, 38 years now, it's, it was a, a, a big difference for us. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So if I could give a plug for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be having our first class. Uh, the launch night is January the 23rd. And you'll be hearing more about this uh, from the pulpit coming up uh, here in December and for sure in January. We'll have a uh, table and banners out in the lobby of the foyer area so people can sign up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, sign up soon because yeah. it will go, it'll feel quick. Yeah, my wife and I were part of it. Um, it just ended this past, I guess, Sunday night. But we're having like the end of the year or celebration, launch, celebration this coming up Sunday yes. night. So, mm-hmm. um, and that, I mean, how many folks were a part of it this past semester? When I came to the launch, and the launch night is like where you, you've signed up and that's where you kind of learn all the things, get your book and all that get kind of groups, stuff and yeah. get in your groups and mm-hmm. find out who your group's going to be and yeah. all the logistics of it. But, but there were, I mean, it, the triple room was pretty full. It mm-hmm. was, so how many folks were a part of it this past semester? Yeah. We had um, 18 couples plus we had uh, six uh, group leaders. Okay. Yeah. Uh, couples, awesome. Couples. Yeah. Okay. Went through it. So um, the I think groups was, are typically uh, six couples, a leader group, a leader couple, and then five other couples yeah. going through. And we had four groups uh, that went through. So yeah, very cool. So there's a curriculum that we follow. It's 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do the homework. Uh, that's very important to do the homework. That's where the real transformation happens. Is yeah. doing the homework together, mm-hmm. and then we come together uh, once a week and discuss. And have conversation about those topics that we we covered. Yeah. So yeah. it's um. It's a nice small group experience. You you can you get to know each other, and there's accountability, in application for actually trying to to do the things that that yeah. you that you've learned. But it really, you know, we say we call it graduation, but it's really just it's more an inauguration <laughs> for sure. Of the yeah. it's the beginning of putting those things into practice on a day to day basis, and it doesn't happen overnight, but. As we've seen over the years, it can it can make a big difference in your marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, today we specifically want to talk about oftentimes people view marriage in a like consumer mentality. And so mm-hmm. it's really a myth of marriage and what can I get out of it? What's, you know, who's super compatible for me and you know, all of those things. And there's some probably some benefits to that. But <laughs> so let's just talk a little, a little bit about how, like just a myth of how marriage is viewed in terms of a consumer mentality and the issues with that. So, yeah, we said a lot in, our, in the premarital classes that we did. It was pretty much the mindset of, well, I'm going to get married to be happy. I want to get married well, for, you know, to have kids. I want to get married to, it was all about what, what will I reap mm-hmm. from this union? Um, and as, as God's word shows us very clearly, that really isn't the purpose for marriage. That it's really meant more to um, to unite us. It, it, as Gary Thomas says in in one of his books, uh, Sacred Marriage, he says, "What if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy?" Yeah, and I don't think that's a concept that the general public holds to. So, if you're in a process of becoming holy. That isn't necessarily going to be easy, yeah. and you may not really even be happy some of the time. For sure, through that, so. But it's sure well worth the work, yeah. Because in the end, there's so much more freedom and joy you have in your in your marriage and relationship with the Lord. So 
uh, yes, it is hard work, but well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And that book by Gary Thomas is a really, really good book, Sacred Marriage. Has he, did he write another one? I forget. He, um, uh, Sacred Pathway? That may be it. That's a really good or one, too, actually. Yes, That's a really, really yes. good one. Um, it, it opened my eyes up just to, uh, yeah, how God uses all things uh, to help us point to him. And so... Anyway, it's a really both of the, his books are really good. So I, I that would, was one of the, one of the things in our <coughs> premarital class that we talked about a lot was um, just spiritual pathways that we all have our own personal way of connecting with God, and yeah. whether it's through nature, through worship, through yeah. um, political action, pr- through theological study, there's all different kinds of pathways. And when you come together in marriage, and those two pathways aren't the same, that can cause problems. Sometimes. Yes, it can. Yes, yes, it can. <laughs> And just to give testimony, that has been our experience is that, is I had a certain way of devotion mm-hmm. and prayer, mm-hmm. and I thought, uh, of course, I'd, that's the only way to do it is my way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and come to find out that uh, to put that on Rita was not fair, and uh, it was important for me to realize that she has her own way, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not bad or wrong. It's just different the sure. way I worship. Yeah. Yeah, this absolutely. One more aspect of marriage is bringing together two lives into one. And in the spiritual realm, that can be, can be difficult or tricky because everybody has a strong opinion about how it should, it should be. Yeah, so. no, for sure. Yeah. And so how would you guys define, like, what is the purpose of marriage? And you mentioned a little bit about it, but if, if you had to answer, like, this is the biblical purpose of marriage, uh, how, how would you guys say that? Well, we would we would uh, say that it's in, in Genesis. It talks about how the man and woman leave their father and mother and they cleave to one another. Mm-hmm. And that would be for oneness. Mm-hmm. That that's the real aim and goal of marriage is for you to become one. And that's sometimes where the sparks fly <laughs> is when your aim yeah. is that. Because I think I'm doing it the right way and you're doing it the wrong way. And there's can be a lot of conversation about that. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord said very specifically in Genesis that he was creating the world and, and the animals and man. And, oh, this is good. This is good. So good. But whenever he saw Adam alone, this is not good. And so he created a helper. Well, a helper kind of communicates that there's work to be done or a job mm-hmm. to do. And that job is that we would all become more like Christ that we would all be focused on the kingdom and building each other up. So as we come together as one, that's our job. That's our goal is to see that other person, to see our spouse raised up in likeness of Christ. And yeah. uh, that's not at all how the world sees it. No, not not at all. And, and which is actually interesting. So you talked about like two lives becoming one, one flesh, one life, and which, which is awesome and and. Very, very grateful for Genesis chapter uh, one through three. And um, how does that practically, what does that practically look like in life? Because I've seen oftentimes how marriages aren't one. They're very different. Like I know many families. Person, I mean, I, I, I don't think biblically that I would say this is wrong, but I would have a conviction that I, I wouldn't have, to, like I wouldn't use my money 
that I make differently than what my wife makes. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that and I, and I would look at that and I would say, okay, well that would give evidence to where things could easily be divided. Yeah. Again, I, I wouldn't say that's sinful for me specifically and what, you know, my thought process and for my wife and I, that would be, I think a very unwise thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's sinful for everybody, but <laughs> so there's evidence is oftentimes of for believers and non-believers of like, to not live a life of oneness. And right. so what, how have you guys seen, what are some of those things that you guys see in the lives of other people or even in your own life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Money's one of them for sure, as money is really critical to, to peace in the household. And so yeah. we always have advised our premarital couples to find a way to unite that, to put that together. Um, but a oneness can even, you not feel the oneness when there's miscommunication or mm-hmm. no communication, or um, there's so many different aspects of oneness. Um, I like to, to look at it as like a, it's like a sanctification process or like a completion process that we provide for each other, that it's the whole mindset of, you know, my spouse is more important than me. It's that humility that, mm-hmm. that talks about in Philippians, that putting others is more important than yourself. And when you do that, um, I think it creates or cult- cultivates a oneness um, that you can feel. There's all kinds of things that cause division, but um, communication and money have seemed to be two of the big, the mm-hmm. big topics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I know for me that the communication element was uh, component. I mean, for me was was huge because I would uh, had the mindset of I would get along to go along, I'd go along mm-hmm. to get along. Mm-hmm. And so I would not, I would stuff my feelings and my emotions. And so it was so incri- uh, important and critical for me to understand. It's important for me to communicate to Rita how I thought and how I felt and how she made me feel. Or, or, but communication was, was huge for me. And again, this is where uh, for us reengage has been so uh, helpful. <coughs> And understanding about communication, because yeah. in my upbringing, um, my folks did have arguments, and so for me, uh, I just wanted to get along and not cause any kind mm-hmm. of, um, yeah, you know, any kind of uh, uh, confusion, or, or I just wanted to get along with them, just so I wouldn't get in trouble, even yeah. though I didn't do anything wrong, and so I just would shut down. And so if I, as I've learned in our marriage, it's so important for me to, to share and communicate, um, you know, what I'm thinking and not just shut down and, and uh, go into my little rabbit hole. Yeah. Conflict, yeah. conflict is huge in a marriage and, uh, and I think it's a natural tendency for people to want to avoid it. Yeah. And if you can somehow figure out a way to see conflict as a good thing, if it's done right, mm. if it's done well it can be something that brings you closer together. And so we actually learn how to fight a good fight. I mean, that's, that's a thing. When you get married, you're going to have problems. Yeah. You're going to have conflict. And so you know that up front and you know that you're both committed to working through it. It's a little bit easier when you have to step into conflict. Yeah. If, if you, if you know that you have confidence, it's going to be done right. And that the person has, has, has the, the best interest of the marriage, not mm. it's, we always talk about finding out what the problem is and setting it not between you, but setting it out so that the two of you can come together to fight the problem and not fight each other. Yeah. I know oh. that's kind of conceptual, but 
Yeah, for sure. You just kind of develop a whole, we're on the same team. Yeah. That kind of mindset that we're in this together and the problem isn't you. The problem is that we don't have a good understanding about this situation. So it kind of, kind of helps to diffuse and there's a lot of other little fun ways of working through conflicts, but people have got to learn not to avoid them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. And what are some of like, when we say, you know, that marriage is not a consumer mentality, how the world often views it, or even believers often view it that way. Um, what are some specific examples of what that looks like? Like in terms of, you know, a man and wife coming together and they start viewing things as a consumer mentality. Like what are, what are mm-hmm. some of the practical things of what that looks like or you've mm-hmm. seen in your life or the life of other couples that you've talked to and, and ministered to and just help counsel and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I can remember specifically a couple that were having a lot of problems and the, the, the guy just kept saying, she sold me a bad set of goods or she gave me a bad bill of sale. Or in other words, she was a certain way before they were married and after kids and a job or whatever, she was, you know, not, she didn't want to go rock climbing with them or she didn't want to do whatever. And so he felt like it was a bait and switch, you know, cause he was looking for what can I get out of this relationship? Yeah. So it's things like that where, um, the one may feel like they're, they're not being taken care of or they're not getting what uh, was promised in a lot of different ways. So anytime that um, it, it, it turns the spotlights on you, it's, uh, when it's all about me, 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 you can kind of tell there that, that, that the, the whole idea of marriage has kind of been skewed yeah. a little bit. Mm. We talk about in Reengage that in order to solve any marriage problem, you need to draw a circle around yourself and only deal with the person in that circle. And that's kind of the hula hoop principle. We actually yeah. have a hula hoop, and we use that at times as needed when one spouse is starting to say, well, if she would just do this, or if he was only this way, that's, that's outside the circle. You've got to maintain and work on yourself. And re-engage is actually the first several lessons is just basic discipleship and mm-hmm. fundamental Christian principles of love and brokenness and grace and humility and all those foundational uh, biblical concepts that we need to have established in ourselves before we can ever start to, you know, see it in our marriages. No, for sure. No, that's really good. And it makes me think of Matthew uh, fifteen eleven. It oftentimes people point like, "Oh, that thing over there is the problem." I'm yeah. the reason I'm the way I'm is because my job or yes. school or or for parents, my kids. But but Matthew fifteen eleven says, um, "What goes into someone's mouth doesn't defile them, but what comes out of their mouth that is what defiles them." Yeah. So it's the sin in us. Yeah. Um, and then when we get pressure from other things, that just brings to light our own issues that other things, not the issue. Mm -hmm. And so it's been just a good reminder for me in my marriage and Mm -hmm. parenting and all the, all the things my kids are using are the problem. I'm the problem. So (laughs) uh, I've had to, I've had to learn that. Mm -hmm. Um, What practical wisdom would you guys give to um, maybe, maybe it's a young couple who are maybe they're engaged um, and they're going to be married. I think Dalton and his, his uh, Mm -hmm. future bride. So, you know, think of people in that stage of life, like, what advice would you give them to help keep them from becoming a consumer mentality in their own marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is 
being in community. That's yes. so important. It's so easy, especially when you're dating. Your mindset could be, oh, we just want to get to know each other, and it's fun to just be uh, together all the time, Yeah, which is nothing wrong with it in itself. But it's easy to um, possibly get tempted and do things that could cause shame later on. Mm -hmm. So being involved in community and with Mm -hmm. people that are committed to you for your good is willing to speak into your life uh, truth. And uh, again, these are some things we talk about in re-engage of just being able to um, share and have a commitment to where we want, want your best. So Mm -hmm. we want to just share with you. This is uh, what we've learned and the consequences of doing that. Yeah. So that you don't, have to live in shame yeah Yeah. so community is huge for us yeah we had one couple that shared with us that went through re-engage uh they were talking to another couple that wasn't in the class it was a friend of theirs and and they they asked this friend like what do you think's the biggest you know issue in our marriage and the friend came right out and told them what Mm -hmm. they thought and they were just this couple was like in shock like why didn't you tell us that before? Why We've been friends for so long. Why didn't you speak into us before? And I think it was just a matter of the invitation, the, the mindset of being in uh, an accountable community and being, being in relationships that say, it's okay for you to call me out. It's yeah. okay because I know you care for me. No, yeah. that's really good. Mm-hmm. I think another uh, key component to this is... Um, is is uh, being in God's word and in mm-hmm. prayer mm-hmm. because again, it's, it's um, easy to be caught up into just the relationship. Mm. But when you bring in the, the spiritual part of God's part of this relationship, because love will just carry you so far mm-hmm. and that whenever you see your marriage as a being together to we're on a team, we're going to see um, we're going to work together yeah, I think it's huge to be able to, to mm-hmm. um, um, you know, see God's word as priority in 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 yeah that it, that's where our real joy because I'm only yeah. going to be able to encourage um, Rita to a certain point mm-hmm. but it's God that's going to be the one that's going to be her provision and her encouragement and I just need to be pointing her to to the word and to God yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Let's say that, you know, a married couple comes, they got a couple of kids or teenagers running around and, and they've fully embraced the consumer mentality of their marriage. Like they're just deep into it. And and maybe let's say they are in community or somebody else has spoken into them and, and encouraged them and kind of maybe pointed this out or they've they've seen this in their own marriage. What encouragement or, you know, practical steps would you encourage that couple to take in order Mm -hmm. to, uh, shift with their understand or biblical worldview of, of marriage from a consumer mentality to God wants to use us to make us holy. So what, mm-hmm. what thoughts or wisdom would you guys share with a couple who's in that stage of life or that particular aspect of their marriage? Yeah. There's so, so many different curriculums and books that we've used and have really, um, you know, have suggested to other people. Uh, of course the uh, sacred marriage by Gary Thomas is, 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 is a good one, but also, uh, meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. It's really good. Oh, so man. The meaning of Marriage. I mean, that, that <clears throat> takes it down to the to the core, right? Um, so we've done that, that curriculum before and really have enjoyed that. Love and Respect by mm-hmm. Emerson Egrick is really good as well. It's very, very practical on how we get into these crazy cycles and we just kind of feed upon each other 
without even realizing it. So um, things like that, and of course the re-engage curriculum, and then just getting accountability with uh, maybe an older couple, a mm-hmm. mentoring couple that maybe has these concepts, maybe don't always do them all the time, but they're committed to working through those, uh, you know, working through their marriage in that way. So things like that. And um, I just believe it's generally a, a it's, it's an overall attitude of how we see life in general. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, Back to the curriculum, uh, re-engaged, um, there's a verse in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 that we like to uh, talk and share about. Um, it says, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, mm-hmm. encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And that's a, a mouthful, but if you can... Um, Build a friendship relationship with that couple that you were describing that's a consumer consumed with themselves. If they are willing and wanting to open themselves up to to um, having someone pour into them yeah. and to be able to share truth in God's word. Because it talks about there in that verse about admonishment, uh, to admonish someone. And that just means to instruct or sharpen or correct them. And there's a verse in twenty uh, Proverbs 27, verse 6, that talks about iron sharpens iron just as one mm-hmm. man sharpens another. And so if we can help that couple understand the value of sharing truth and pouring into them, um, I think it was a long ways in curbing and, and understanding that they're having that mindset is natural, but as, as a believer this is the way God really mm-hmm. is going to work in their lives and have, have fulfillment and joy in their life as they yeah. live a selfish life. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really good. I go ahead. Rita. It's just all, it's a whole boatload of humility oh, is man. what it is. It's like, a, it's a major lesson in humility. Taking that other person is more important than themselves. Finding out who they are, what they're about, becoming a student of their spouse, learning about them. What do they like? What don't they like? Um, it's just, it's a whole uh, mindset that that person's more important than I am because God, yeah. God gave me this person and I'm responsible for seeing to it that they grow into Christ likeness. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This verse, um, glad you brought it up, Bill, just first Thessalonians five fourteen. It, it's, it's a verse that I would use to say that it's the church's job mm-hmm to not only disciple each other and disciple the lost as they come to come to know Christ and say yes to Jesus and put their faith and trust in him, but also for believers to actually counsel one another, like you're mentioning community. Like I'm not against professional counselors at all. I think they're amazing. I think like what Don Reed and many, many other, the Timothy Mm -hmm. center and many, many others. And there's just a couple that I'm biased for, but I mean, these guys are out there crushing it, just trying to help people in their, Mm -hmm. uh, their marriage or, teenage issues and all the, any of the just counseling stuff. But, but here's a verse that clearly states that the church's job is to counsel one another. Mm. And, um, it's hard for that to happen if you don't show up, Yeah, you know, um, if you don't want it or I would even nowadays would even say, if you only choose to watch online, there's only so far that that's going to go. Yeah. 
for whatever, I mean, for good or bad, there's, Mm -hmm. it's only going to go so far if you're not willing to sacrifice and be around other people in, in, in community. In my Mm -hmm. understanding of what scripture states and my observation of life, that's best done face to face Mm -hmm. in person. And so just the need for the church to encourage it. So, you know, a married couple to encourage another marriage couple. And so um, just that it's a huge need mm-hmm. that I've just seen in, um, in the church world and, yeah. um, and just can't encourage parents and uh, couples enough just to, yeah. like you guys, getting after it, just helping other <laughs> couples and just, uh, I just think we need more and more and more mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. But once you've experienced what it's like <clears throat> to have someone pour into you, it's like, it's it's an awesome feeling that you 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 just want to give back to others because your need has been met because that old other person poured into you mm-hmm. and you see that value and you just like I don't want to go back to that old way I don't want to yeah. go to a bologna sandwich I like this steak and potato feeling and I just I, I want more and so once you have experienced that of people really pouring into you because they really genuinely care about you it's um it just you just want to continue yeah engaging with people more and more yeah for sure yeah um, yeah now <clears throat> i just want to transition here just a little bit like what what any practical marriage tips <laughs> under any umbrella at all uh-huh. which i mean you guys married 35 38, 38 years so 38. Yeah. um yeah, four of your four kids. Sorry, four kids. Three kids. Three kids, and then four, four grandkids. grandkids. So, yeah. um, so you've learned a few things. <laughs> studied scripture for a while. Have you guys? Did you guys grow up in church? Yeah, I was. Well, I grew up in a Catholic church. Okay, and so that's a whole different type of upbringing. Yes, ma'am. But I learned a lot about um, trusting the Lord for sure. Yeah. yeah, and so that was that was my upbringing. I never cracked open a Bible until. I got saved in college, okay. But uh, and then shortly after, uh, met Bill, so um, got my real education about the Bible through him, <laughs> from him. Um, but yeah, so I and so I grew up with that fairly, um, very very respectful of God and For who sure. He was in my position with Him. Yeah, yeah. And Bill, what about uh, you? I was raised in a Methodist church. Okay, really are, are Methodist Christians? I just don't even know. I'm, I'm somewhat kidding. I just <laughs> oh. I hear that phrase and I don't even, I don't even know what that means. But um, <laughs> yeah. anyway, I'm just being. You don't have to answer that. I'm sorry. That was a terrible <laughs> I'm question. I'm dating myself when I say, when I won't say how old I am. But um, back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, I would say yes. Um, mm-hmm. Many years ago, but um, I. I went to church, but didn't really understand lordship. Hmm. Didn't understand what it meant to surrender my life other than just that was the model that I saw was going to church and being a good person. Yeah. And so that's the way I was. And because that's what I knew, I saw. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got with some believers that were just uh, really excited about scripture, about memorization, about mm-hmm. uh, really following and making and choosing to make, uh, to let the Lord be Lord mm-hmm. and Savior in their lives. And again, once I t- uh, experienced that and tasted that, it was like, wow, I just want more of what that's like to, to experience the Lord and experience God's word in my life. What um, what age did you become a believer then, Bill, for you? I, I would say I was uh, 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 around 12, 12. I remember where I was when I accepted the Lord. I was a lady that... She, she, uh, shared her testimony and I went home that Sunday afternoon and 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 bowed down and received the Lord. Mm. But again, that's all that I knew. 
was what um, what uh, her testimony was was about just receiving Christ and not making Him Lord. Well, then it was in college when you really came came into your own. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what like just practical, fun tidbit advice about marriage would you guys give to? Incur, I mean, it could be under anything at all, yeah, just, yeah. you know, like, hey, you should keep dating your spouse or, <laughs> uh, you know, keep sex life alive mm-hmm. and wh- whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But just uh, what what fun things would you guys share to encourage parents? Yeah, I, I would say some of the things that we mostly talk about in, in the premarital class is a lot of stuff like find a shared activity or a, a shared ministry, a way that the two of you can come together to pour into another ministry or or, or even just, like I say, an activity. It's uh, um, Men tend to open up better when they're doing, being active and they're doing something. And yeah. so that's oh, one yeah. creative way for women to help uh, get their men to open up and communicate. Um, so communication, I think, is huge. And just building intimacy, which is basically the definition of intimacy that I like to use is in, intimacy is in to me see look at me find out who i am be mm-hmm. a student of me so build intimacy whatever that means yeah. uh, for you and just yeah regular date nights is huge we have little little um tools that we help people learn how to to talk about things that they hadn't talked about before or um or just ways to to open up a conversation really quickly and to go to a deep level really quickly so there's a lot of tools and tricks to things like yeah. that but in my opinion, I think communication is probably one of the, the biggest factors in helping to nurture a, a solid marriage. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I just want to be honest and transparent, is uh, you, you brought it up as your uh, sexual intimacy mm-hmm. part of it. And, um, uh, you know, for us, um, it's, it's um, uh, been something that, that uh, we've had to work with and work on. Yeah, but um, it, it, you may have heard of this before that uh, foreplay is not before your <laughs> intimate time, but it's it's all day long. Mm. It's cherishing your wife and enjoying uh, being with her and and uh, just mm-hmm. really um, praising her and, and thinking of how I can serve her and and be a part of what she's of her day and what she's doing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. that's that's a, a real enjoyable. Um, thing to, to to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got one last question for you. So I've been doing my quiet time in the book of Mark this past, oh, three or four months. Mm. And um, a fascinating passage of scripture I came across, and it talked about t- the traditions of the Jewish people, how they, how they valued traditions over actually the word of God. And, mm-hmm. and knowing in scripture that um, their heart started out in the right place, and they took scripture and and so they, you know, like the Old Testament says, take a Sabbath. And so they would say, okay, well, great. Well, God says take a Sabbath. So they would add to it and say, you shouldn't drive your car mm-hmm. on Sabbath. So yeah. even today in some parts of Israel, if you drive your car on Sabbath, you're going to, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just, you know, they're going to throw rocks and that kind of stuff. That's what I've been told mm-hmm. by for my friends in Israel. I don't, I've never seen that, just to clarify. But mm-hmm. so a passage... Um, uh, and he said to them, "What? Uh, let me, let me, Matthew seven verse five. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, "This is Jesus. Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? 
and eat with defiled hands. And so they're not upset that that the disciples are disobeying the scripture. Mm -hmm. They're mad that they're disobeying what God, uh, godly men have come up with certain things that aren't scripture that they should be doing. Um, and, uh, it's fascinating what Jesus says in verse six. And he said to them, uh, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So they're emphasizing and passing off these traditional teachings that man created other than passing off Scripture. Now, they were probably weaving both into each other. And so my, my point is this. How have you seen younger couples or married couples continue traditional marriage-like things mm-hmm and not necessarily biblical values and the word of God that God passes off to us. Mm-hmm. And, and just what made me think of that is oftentimes like I've seen where people will say, well, my, my dad's this way, or I've, I've just always been this way as if like the grace of God is not sufficient and the word of God's not powerful enough to change your anger right. or yeah. laziness or passivity or, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And so how have, have you guys seen any of that, you know, and people who have just mm-hmm. valued these worldly, yeah. um, uh, and they could be concepts. good yeah. concepts, mm-hmm. but they're not, grounded in scripture. And so have you guys seen any of that? And even, even as you, you know, I mean, you guys have been around since what, 2008, you said Austin Oaks, maybe even be bold enough to say like, here's some things that we've seen in our church or in, in, in other people, how they have, uh, accepted these certain things that, Mm -hmm. that I I always say that they're tweetable, but they're not biblical. Like (laughs) they sound great, like so awesome, Mm -hmm. but they're not very biblical. Anyway, that's like 16 questions in one, but have you guys seen, (laughs) seen any of that? That The first thing that comes to my mind is we were not surprised too much, but when our premarital classes, the couples were very, very bold and very excited about letting us know that they moved in together this weekend. Mm. And isn't this great? And, um, that was, you know, our society says absolutely yes, do that. The society says you're crazy if you don't. Mm-hmm. And so even good, solid Christian couples. Now, I would say that a lot of our premarital couples come from outside the church um, before. And so there could have been that mix as well. But it was just so well accepted. And we were just kind of set back by that. Um, yeah. That it's just it's a common given thing that that's going to happen before you get married and aren't you're being crazy if you don't, um, with this new curriculum, the premarital curriculum that we're using now, it, it really addresses that very straightforward. Awesome. And it's kind of cool. We, we had one couple who they committed to this, they have a chastity pledge and they committed to it and everything, but they had had this, this, um, trip planned where they were going to be going to a park, uh, you're, far away and they were going to be camping out and so they're like what do we do we hate to cancel this trip and we've been planning it for so long and so they just made they they thought of other things he bought another tent he you know got another hotel room on the way there or whatever so um, it was just real encouraging to see when it's brought to the surface and and the the couple was committed you know they can they can make that change yeah and i've even heard many people say well it it we save a lot of money doing this yes. and yeah, I, I don't know anybody who 
is living together and not sleeping together. Yeah, even if you were to tell me, we're, well, we're in separate rooms, I'd be like, and we've heard that before. You are lying <laughs> out your rear end here. There is no way. There's no way. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. yeah, that's a great, great example. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Another area that I've seen, and um, I, I say this in way of encouragement, especially to uh, the older couples in our church that um, I know it's easy to slip into a mindset because you've worked many, many years and mm. you've worked hard uh, that you maybe are entitled to be um, retired and coast to the end. And mm. my encouragement would be that that of all people that, that could be in, involved in ministry, you have all the wisdom and the mm. life experience um, and the knowledge of life and marriage oh, to man. be pouring yeah. into other people, mm-hmm. um, especially since we're in ministry, a marriage ministry. That's what we, we think of naturally first. Yeah. But to be be not not slip into that mindset of entitlement and just to coast to the end, but to really finish strong for the Lord and pouring out your life uh, into others. There's no greater joy. Than to, than to do that, yeah. to be a part of other people's life. Oh, yeah. man, that's so good. And, and, it's, and the younger couples typically are, they, well, they, it's one way or the other. They either they don't want that input, they kind of want to do things on their own. But we also have had couples who they're, they're starved for it. Mm. They're looking for it. They're, they're nearly begging us, oh, please be a part of our small group. Or, yeah. or um, you know, how, can I get lunches with you? And, you know, so the, um, the, the, the whole mentality of, um, being on your own that the society would say, Hey, you do it your own way. You don't need anybody to tell you how to do it. Yeah. Um, it is another area mm-hmm. that couples slip into pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that Bill, uh, my wife and I's and, uh, uh a few other younger couples, and I don't want to miss your names cause I want to speak for them, but I don't think they would, they would mind. But the favorite people that we enjoyed the most in our re-engage group were, Bob and Carolyn Easley. I mean, it's just, I I just, so I've never been in a group Mm -hmm. with, I don't, I mean, maybe a few, maybe people like a few years older than me. Like, I don't, I don't ever recall Mm -hmm. being, I mean, I have no idea how old they are, but there's at least a 25, I don't know, maybe more year difference than the, you know, between them and, and myself. And so I really, really enjoyed being, cause it is so encouraging, like younger couple that are getting after it. They're not being idle and just, it, it's, it's very encouraging for me when I, you know, couples like yourself and mm-hmm. the Easleys and other people I know it, I would agree, man, there's, they got so much to offer. It's crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah, much wisdom's in that mind of yours. And <laughs> anyway, I, I totally agree. Yeah, um, that's so. encouragement. But there was another couple just mm-hmm. to give testimony of another couple. Um, I don't know if you call names, but mm-hmm. the Colliers and Brock yeah. Lowe's, <laughs> yeah. they were, uh, small group leaders at re-engage. And that was, uh, I uh, heard from one of the the members in that group that said that they just loved the the chemistry that they had mm. of not only the colliers being the older one being a role model to the broccolos how to lead, but then pouring their lives out into the other couples of just sharing, you know, their life experience and yeah. what's what's uh, been helpful for them. 
So I, I just even, really think. That yeah, and even us as, as older couples, so to speak, we love doing the premarital classes because it just reminds us, oh, yeah, remember what it was like when you're engaged and you're all starry-eyed. And so it brings a freshness and a newness yeah. to our marriage. And even going through the re-engage, we, we look back over the years and we say, oh, wow, you remember that challenge. You remember that challenge. Yeah. How we could have handled it so much better if we'd known this. And so it encourages us to, to get it out there to those other couples as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a reminder for folks, January 23rd is the launch class for the Springs uh, Re-Engage group. And what what is the pre-married? Uh, do you guys do the pre-married class as well? Is it called pre-married? I'm sorry. It, yeah, it's, it's called Merge. Merge. And yes, and we've just recently started that. And so we've had... Uh, we did one class, and we've also uh, Julie and Nathan Kloss yeah. have, have taken that over for us. Okay, okay. So they're overseeing the the uh, merge, which is the premarital class, cool. and I believe they're going to set it up for twice a year. Okay, yeah, awesome. So well, we'll the, be letting folks know about that as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, Bill, Reed, thank you guys so much for your time and mm-hmm. your wisdom, and and hopefully people rub shoulders with you and. And uh, you now you both uh, do welcome team on Sunday mornings, right? We have. We yes. used to be. We, okay. We, we've done it for many, many years. <laughs> okay. But it, we so. thought it was time maybe to give somebody else a chance to for do sure. that. Because we've got, we've got our hands full right now. So for sure. We're not doing the greeting team as much. Yeah. No, no worries. I just often, maybe it's just because I always see you when I come in and mm-hmm. you're just always there. So I love it. I love it. So, well, thank you guys so, so very much. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on the House on Fire podcast. Please share this other so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we'll see you all next time.